You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome to Chai FM. This is a very fluid Adol Kazilski talking to you, so please excuse the, the nasal sounding. Um, had a bit of bad flu over the weekend, but nevertheless, I'm here. My vocal cords are vibrating and working, so hey, why not share some Torah over the air? Um, as always, we are learning in the mystical text. We are actually learning the book of Genesis, the Parsha of Genesis, the, the Parsha in which we um, have been going through and learning the creation of the world, everything about Shabbat. And uh, we have been busying ourselves in the last couple of weeks with Adam and Eve, our foremother and forefather, the first human beings, and what this whole idea about um, the Garden of Eden what this whole th- thing meant to us, what it meant to humanity. And we really have had some very, very interesting discussions and ideas, and I hope that you guys have found that thought-provoking. As always, I invite you to join the conversation. The SMS number is 34519. WhatsApp is 061-895-1019. And uh, I always welcome questions, thoughts, you know, Part of learning Torah is not just to be a recipient and accept everything just on face value without thinking things through. Torah demands that we analyze, that we ask, that we, 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 we try to understand what it is that God wants us to do and what is the message behind everything that there is in Torah. And the way to learn Torah is to learn it in its original, in the Hebrew. Um, because once you start translating, you lose translation. And then, you know, as time passes by, one translation becomes another mistranslation. And sometimes you will actually land up getting something that is, uh, not anywhere close to the original. So as always, if you are around and are able, then pull out a a volume of the book of Genesis. We're on chapter 3. We're on verse 16. Last week, um, it took us, in fact, the entire show to discuss the curses or the punishments that the serpent, um, the Nachash, got for enticing, so to speak, woman and man to eat from that tree of knowledge, good and evil, even though I will remind you and you can go back and follow the podcast that this was in fact a choice that Adam and Eve made. They chose to eat from this tree because they believed and they knew that if they do, then they will be able to serve God and serve the purpose of this world um, on a much deeper level. That's what our Kabbalists teach, and that is the line of thinking that we are going to be taking as we go through um, the rest of the curses. We're going to, to certainly go through the curses of the woman, the punishment for the woman, and if we have time, we will um, discuss the punishments of man. But always to keep in mind that I don't really like to use the word punishment or the word curse because that is a very, very low level of understanding what Torah is telling us. This was a consequence in, 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 in life. We have actions and reactions. We have actions and consequences to our action. And the fact that Adam ate, <coughs> that Chava ate Eve ate of the tree of knowledge and gave it to her husband. They understood quite clearly what the consequence would be of this tree of knowledge, good and evil. So now we are going to go into chapter three, 
verse 16, if you all can turn there. And we are now going to read through just the verses that pertain to the woman and then go back and dissect them. So it says like this, verse 16, Al-Ha'isha Amar, and so God says to the woman, Harba Arbe Itzvoneich, I will greatly increase your anguish. Veheronech Beetsev Teldi Banim, and your pregnancy. Val Ishech Teshukatech Vehu Yimshalbach. In anguish you will give birth to your children, and your husband will, shall be your passion, and he will dominate you. That is the sum total of what was said to the woman. Not too much, but in that not too much is in fact quite a lot. And as we discussed last week, there were 10 parts to the punishment that the serpent received. And now, too, there are 10 parts to the punishment that the woman received. So this, these few verses, if we could subcategorize them and understand them better, we will see um, that this actually takes into account the whole being of woman. Firstly, all this um, talk of I will greatly increase your anguish and your pregnancy is talking about the fact that um, as a woman, um, for all those women out there, we know that we are never the same any two days. Um, our moods swing up and down, we are in a state of fluctuation. In fact, our, almost our entire lives. And this is part now of the discomfort that is brought to the woman. So here, this anguish our rabbis teach, there is the discomfort of menstruation that the, 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 that the woman um, experiences on a monthly basis. It's the discomfort of pregnancy during the nine months that a woman carries her child. Um, there's the anguish the rabbis teach of miscarriage. Sometimes we know, unfortunately, a woman will give birth prematurely and the child is stillborn and obviously then all her previous discomfort is then in vain. So it's all of those aspects. It's also the pangs of childbirth actually going through, bringing children into this world. And here we can actually um, expand a little bit because we can see that, you know, whilst we all know that embedded within ourselves is the desire, the want, um, the need to procreate and bring forth the, the, the next generation, all of that is done with blood, sweat and tears. And certainly even um, there's a component here of the anguish, anguish of raising children while we all pray and hope um, to have angelic children. And if there's anybody out there who has an angel, you can SMS me on 34519. I somehow uh, think that that uh, SMS feed will be silent. Um, what is the, the, the whole thing of the anguish of raising children is that we are the only species that our children are absolutely helpless when they are born, we need to nurse the child, we need to dress it, we need to rock it, we need to carry it around, we need to clean it. Um, we do that for many years. We hope that by the ages of 18, 19, 20, they can do that themselves. But, yeah, we laugh sometimes. Those things carry on into the 20s and 30s as well. 
bringing up children is 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 very different for the human being as opposed to any other species. Um, if you watch any uh, National Geographic um, videos on the birthing of animals, you'll see that within a very very short while, a day or two at most, three five days. Um, Baby calves, baby antelope, baby impala, they're up, they're standing, they're, you know, they're, they're learning already how to feed and look after themselves. Whereas, um, whereas for human beings, we're sitting there trying to raise our children, nurse our children, rock our children, carry our children, trying to teach them, um, you know, Way into their 18s, 20s, etc., etc. So the anguish of raising children was actually embedded into that, that, that this, the so to speak consequence of what Eve said. Um, the other curses that we have, well, other consequences we have is that a woman is, um, so to speak, subjugated to her husband. And here I need to be very, very clear because certainly subjugated is a very, very harsh word. But it is um, part of the, the divine plan that the man comes out in being the stronger of the two sexes in terms of him going out and um, attaining a livelihood and you know, um, supporting the family. And in terms of that, it is very much the... The job or the the purpose of woman to hold down the home and keep the the home as the anchor for which that we will bring the next generation. So part of that is that idea. However, and I'd like to put a, a, a and however into it because I want you to think about it. We're going to go for a break very soon. Um, Whilst the, the consequence of Eve giving to Adam the, 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 this apple and, or fig or whatever piece of fruit it was, and them bringing these consequences in, while part of that was the fact that the woman would take a secondary role, um, very interesting now in 2018, 5,779 years later, we could see that the woman has raised herself out of this subjugation and is very much an equal partner to men. And uh, I want you to think about that because for so many thousands of years it wasn't so. Um, women lived the consequence of the way the Bible is speaking, and now we not only have the fact that women are equal to men, in many, many circumstances we actually see men, I mean women stronger than men. Um, we're going to go for a little bit of a break, and when we get back, I'm going to dissect that a little bit more because there's a very, very interesting idea behind it all. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back. And just before the break, we were talking about the curses, consequences or punishments that the woman received um, for eating from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And just before we went to the break, I posed the question of the fact that it seems, according to the biblical translation, that a woman would always be subjugated to her husband and would... um, be suffering under the duress of childbirth, um, et cetera, et cetera. And what has always made me wonder, and I think that, that, that I've come to understand and I would love you to join the, 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 the conversation is 
For many, many thousands of years, women have been relegated as a second-class citizen. They have been literally subjugated, persecuted, prosecuted, you name it. They, they have not had a very, very good time. But living now in the new um, millennia, we can see that women have risen and have become very much equal to men, if not in some places even better than men. And we need to really understand this from a biblical perspective because, hey, like what is happening over here? And I certainly do not want to offend any liberal woman out there, but let's just dissect this a bit and please join the conversation, 34519. So one of the things that our Kabbalistic masters teach is that, in essence, Eve was responsible for the, the 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 breakdown. She was the one that initiated this decision. And in fact, Adam did agree to her that they should eat from the tree of knowledge. And really, these consequences and the consequences of these consequences thereof um, were there in order to elevate the world. Um, and the rabbis teach as follows. Um just before I continue, we are learning this Le'iloi Nishmat Yitzchak ben Herschel. So the rabbis, the rabbis teach as follows that within God, if we talk about God from a Kabbalistic perspective, from a Jewish perspective, we can beg the question, is God male or is he female? And our rabbis teach us that in fact God has both male and female within him. And when he created man, he imbued, he put into those, uh, into Adam, both the characteristics of male and female. That's why he was the perfect human being. Then Adam realized he didn't have a partner. And so instead of God creating a partner separate to him, he put him to sleep and he removed, he separated the male and female. And this in of itself is a whole discussion. That's why we are very pro-marriage and us finding that partner because as males and females, we wander the world looking for our other half, the other part of our soul that will give us that, that, uh, that completion. So we do have the male and female, um, uh, Parts of ourselves and some of us go around with males and some of us as females and we try to elevate the world. Now, what has happened is that <clears throat> in the beginning of history and certainly probably until the last 60, 70, 80 years, women have been under the power of the male, um, subjugated, um, being a second class, being the second auxiliary side to this very forceful male um, characteristic that has dominated world, the world headlines. And suddenly we have had a switch where the female has come to the forefront. And in fact, today there is very much a very clear, um, what should I say, clear message out there that women at very least, are equal to men. Why is that? So our rabbis teach that in the working and elevating and rectification of this world, what was primarily needed was the male energy of going out and conquering and 
and fighting against the world's darkness um, and against the materiality of the world. And that really was needed in order to elevate, to release the sparks of godliness in this world. And so primarily for the majority of the world, of world history, this is the energy that was required. But now that we've come to a point where we have conquered the world quite substantially, um, that male energy is no longer needed. What is needed now is the more intuitive, the more deeper, the more sensitive energy um, that a woman brings to the table. And so in the last 60, 70, 80 years, we have seen a flip in world history where woman dominance, where the energy of the woman is coming to the fore more and more. And this is part of the age of Mashiach, and this is a sign that, in fact, we are um, arriving at the time of the revelation of Mashiach. What is the revelation of Mashiach? That the world will be perfect. There will be no more hunger. There will be no more illness. There will be no more hatred. The world will be perfectly balanced and will live in a beautiful, perfect, loving, accepting world. And it will be at that point in time where the energies of male and female will also reach an equilibrium. Now, because we are on the cusp of arriving in the this era, the female energy is coming to the fore. And in fact, it will dominate um, the world in terms of its strength, its intuition, its sensitivity, um, because it is it comes from a much deeper place than than male energy. Male energy is very external. Male energy comes across pretty aggressive. It comes across with a lot of 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 outward energy, whereas a woman's energy comes from a much deeper place and a much deeper place of of, of understanding and and and. And intuition. And so what we've seen now is that the whole world arena, not only Jewish people, the world across speaks about the rights of the woman and the ability of the woman to go out and even do the male, the, the male work. So we will come to a point where, uh, that will, that, that, that will certainly equalize out. And if not, not only equalize out, but the feminine energy that we will find in this world will be stronger than that energy of just conquering and going out. Stephen uh, sent in an SMS, would all the curses on man and woman be removed in the age of Mashiach? Yes, Stephen, they will be, because they were just consequences to allow us to dig deeper inside ourselves and elevate and refine and find the godly sparks and everything. Once all of that has been revealed and all of that has been elevated, there will be no need. And again, I don't like using the word um, curses. I'd rather use the word consequences. So today we are seeing already an equality of men and women. I think it's it's pretty understood um, that today the energy of the woman is exceedingly powerful. In fact, the man world, the masculine world has shifted very much into the thinking of the female energy that is presented in that we are far more intuitive today. We, we think about things more. We are more sensitive. If we even look back 60 years at the education of our children, you know, where we had uh, – 
Dr. Spock and kids should, you know, should be seen, not heard and, and all of, all, all of, all of those things. Today we are very, you know, very much processing in the female energy. And that is how the world is going to, to, to come to fruition. So whilst a woman is going through all these hardships, and um, is struggling through the, the 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 webs and the flows, the ebbs and the flows of her daily life. It actually is, from a Torah perspective, <coughs> written that a woman is higher than a man. And uh, one of the other proofs, by the way, is that a woman wasn't created from the ground, from earth. She was created from the side of Adam, which makes her a far more refined creature. And also that a woman was created after Adam, so in fact she is dominated she is dominating there, but it will only happen towards the end of time which we are living in today. So that is a very, very interesting idea and interesting topic um, and certainly explains the idea of what we probably would loosely call today the the, the liberalism that we see um, around the woman. It certainly is messianic in nature. But one of the other things that I want to discuss, and it probably, um, not probably, it is Hashgacha Protis, it is divine providence that we are discussing the curses of woman today, is that in accepting these consequences, God gave woman three mitzvot that personally belong to her, um, that will be metakein, that will rectify the the initial consequences that she brought into this world. And these three mitzvot are, in fact, the mitzvot of Shabbat candles, um, which is the lighting of the candles on Friday afternoon at the correct time, um, just as 18 minutes before Shabbat comes in. It's the mitzvah of challah, and the mitzvah of taharata mishpacha, of family purity. And I'd like to go through them so that we actually understand, again, how this feminine energy um, comes back into this world and rectifies the position in which Eve put us into the, uh, you know, in, into in the first place. Shabbat candles um, is the ushering of light into our homes, into all our individual homes um, on Friday afternoon and, of course, also on the eve of all our Yamim Tovim, of all the, the Yontavs, all the um, holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. Why has this become a mitzvah that is particular, particular to women? And again, as I said, the Hashgacha Pratis, the divine providence that we are heading towards the Shabbat project uh, this week, so it certainly bears even more relevance than the relevance that it does bear, um, is that it teaches that when a woman lights Shabbat candles, one, she ushers peace and tranquility into the home. She sheds light into the home. And while that might have been a practical consideration in many years gone by, um, today it is symbolic, it is metaphoric of the light of the sensitivity, of the intuition that women bring to the table. At the end of the day, when all is said and done, civilization, humanity, does not exist because of powerful nations, 
powerful leaders, people, you know, who are out there and are in charge of things. They might make a big raucous. They might change the world. But given time, they will disappear and fall off the world arena. What remains constant, and this is a, a, a thing of humanity, it's not necessarily of the Jewish people, but of humanity at all, is the ability to raise a next generation that is committed to, to making this place a better world to live in. And that job has been relegated primarily to the woman. We are the mainstay of the home. We are the foundation of the home. And we, um, exert a tremendous amount of influence on our on 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 our homes on our husbands on our children etc etc they say behind every successful man there is a woman that saying is not just some it actually encapsulates what the woman is all about we have tremendous tremendous power and even in times gone back where we looked at the world and saw the woman persecuted or subjugated. Nevertheless, it was the women who were running the show. And so lighting Shabbat candles is symbolic of a woman bringing light into this world, bringing kindness, bringing sensitivity, bringing intuition, bringing those things that one really needs to make one a wholesome human being. And it is in our domain to start that process and to light up the way for families, for our husband, for our children, for our communities. So hence the, the, the mitzvah of Shabbat candles is something that is, 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 is pertinent. Then we have, um, the mitzvah of challah. Now, the mitzvah of challah is the mitzvah, as we all know, many, many thousands of women are going to be joining, certainly in Johannesburg and everywhere across the world, for the big challah bake. That is where we will be teaching people how to make challah. What is the whole idea of challah? As we know, challah represents bread. It's the staff of life. It is Again, metaphorically, the ability to take the basics of life, to take the, that which is, um, representative of the fundamental of life and knead it and plait it and coordinate it and bring it to its fruition. And how does a woman do that? She does it through the mitzvah of challah. Each and every single ingredient that we have, that we use, um, is a meditation, is a, a thinking for the woman on what she is bringing into the sphere of influence into her home. We have sugar, which brings in sweetness. We, we have salt, which is the sternness, but there's much more sugar than there is salt. So we've got to make sure that our temperament is far more, um, full of that which is sweet as opposed of chesed that as opposed to gavura which is the salt we have water which is the staff of life and metaphorically that is to do with the words of torah we have oil which is to anoint each and every single human being to give respect and admiration to each and everybody the flower represents the staff of life that we in fact run the bread and butter of our families we are the foundations 
of our family. And we take all those ingredients. We bring them together. We, the woman, need them together into equal portions. And we plait our lives. We bring all the aspects together so that we can create and we can rectify and we can bring to fruition the diverse aspects of our lives and the lives of our children, our husbands, and our communities. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Right, Neil just wrote, wrote in, what if they reached out, took the fruit from the tree of life, and I think you meant and eat it, then they will be there. Would they have lived forever? Absolutely. What would have happened is that existence of the Garden of Eden would have remained like that forever. However, as we explained two weeks ago, Eve chose to go down even deeper into the physical world because the reward of elevating and seeking out God in a world that is completely masked from him was far greater than existing in the Garden of Eden forever and ever. We were discussing the mitzvah of challah and that this is in the hands of the woman again. Um, and again, also representative of what a woman brings into the home in terms of food. Um, as we know, a woman's um, influence on what the, the family eats is vitally important, not only from a health perspective, but also from a Kashrut perspective and under the umbrella of Khala actually falls the entire discussion about ensuring that our children get nutritious food, healthy food and spiritually um, powered food and that is under the laws of Kashrut. So the first way to be metakin, to be rectified, to rectify the consequences of um, Eve's um, eating of the tree of knowledge is to bring light into the world, is to bring a much deeper sense of what is really happening behind the scenes. Women have that intuition, bringing the light into the world, then also affecting the physical surroundings of the family in what we are feeding our families. And thirdly, in the realm of the woman, there is the mitzvah of Taharat HaMishpacha, which on a very short note, because it bears a huge discussion in and of itself, is the mitzvah for married women to follow the menstrual cycle. And for the first um, 12 to 14 days of the menstrual cycle, uh, marital relations between husband and wife um, subsist. They stop. They're not allowed to touch each other. Um, and then once a, a woman has counted seven clean days after her menstrual cycle, she immerses in a mikvah and marital relations resume. And um, you're most welcome to check it out it probably almost anywhere. It is something now that is accepted as practice, even in the secular psychological world, that this method um, of Coming together and retreating allows a lot of freshness into the relationship. It allows each aspect, both male and female, to be fed um, in terms of their basic needs. It allows for communication and it allows for a connection that um, is exceedingly powerful. And it is something, again, that has kept the Jewish family in particular alive. Um, it has kept the relationship of marriage alive. And this is something that bears a tremendous amount of importance because today when we look at the institution of marriage, when we look at what is happening in the world, we know that maybe 50% of everybody 
that gets married gets divorced, and of the 50% that are left, um, many lead um, lives of quite desperation. What the Torah does is that it gives, it empowers the woman with these three mitzvot that will provide the basis, the foundation um, to create an atmosphere where both man and woman receive their fundamental needs, that um, this is a foundation that allows for healthy relationship, healthy upbringing of children. And I dare say, um, and I guess you can shoot me down if you choose on 34519, um, as a liberated <clears throat> woman living within the confines, within the, the, the paradigm of a Torah observant life. I have to say though that at times what has happened, unfortunately, in the pendulum swinging and allowing women to be liberated is that women have turned their back on the huge influence that they are able to play on, um, in the world, in the family. And while we can go out and prove ourselves um, better than men, more capable than men, and yes, we are, we can and are able to be all of those things in turning our back and not dealing with the fundamentals of what we were created for, the strength that God gave us has brought this, the, 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 the world of the structures of family down. It has, it has destroyed those things. And while some of it is because of financial constraints and other constraints, um, it does bear thought that when one works out why am I here and what am I doing and where am I going and what am I achieving um, to ask, am I missing the point of why I, I am here? So I am not, please hear me out clearly, I am not negating that a woman can or should not go out into the world and become that professor, you know, that mathematician, the, the, the prime minister. I'm not saying all of these things. I'm saying in going out many, many times what we do is we put a tremendous amount of stress, unnecessary stress on ourselves. Um, and in thinking that we are fulfilling ourselves in all those arenas which are primarily masculine, we are negating, we are not giving enough of importance to those areas that we play a fundamentally um, profound influence. And uh, I, I think that sometimes as women, we need to check that pendulum and maybe swing it back again. I'm not saying that women need God forbid to be subjugated, persecuted or anything whatsoever, but certainly um, I think the world has, um, sometimes swung the pen pendulum way to the other side. If you have any thoughts on that, um, if you wish to shout, if you wish to compliment, if you wish to just share what, you know, some thoughts on what I've said, 34519 is the SMS number, 061-895-1019, the WhatsApp number. You're listening to Roberts and Adol Kazilski. Well, it seems we're going to uh, wrap up our discussion. We only managed to go through that which... Uh, the woman suffers from um, the consequences of Eve's action. 
Uh, Neil just said, and you shall desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Yes, Neil, that was the, the, the repercussion, but that, you know, is coming to an end as I have just discussed. In fact, I always like to quote that, uh, my fat Greek wedding where I think the one woman said to the other, my husband feels like he's the head, but I'm the neck and I control everything. I think that really is, um, a summation of <clears throat> the 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 position a woman holds is that we do really um control we are the base on which the head rests a man deserves and needs respect a woman needs and deserves love um that is the love languages of men and women in a general way um but a woman is able to influence the family her husband her children the communities just even world thought by doing things in a less aggressive way, instead of being out there, um, as as we understand the male energy to be, to be doing it in a much more quieter way, a much more internal way. But in fact, um, if we look back at history, you will see that there have been many, many, many powerful women who have influenced. Uh, the world arena. So we are going to leave it at that. Since it is Erev Shabbat project, I encourage all women out there um, from all walks of life to join in the Chalabek, which we are all going to be participating across the world on Thursday night. Learn how to take all the elements of your life and knead it into a great um uh, 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 a great whole How we can influence this world And as a community together Let's light the Shabbat candles Let's usher in some peace Some intuition Some sensitivity And some influence Into a world that Yes we see is very dark But in fact we know Is becoming lighter Each and every day And on that note Enjoy the rest of your day